When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to Two-Face Wrestling Talk. We're a part of Wrestling Inc., of course, and we're here in New York City. Paul, we just saw a G1 Supercard, and it was an amazing show. As you guys can see, the city's behind us. It's so cool. We're so pumped up. What did you think of the show? I thought it was a great show. The crowd was hot. Uh, it's appropriate when we walked in, which, by the way, we need to set the stage. I want to thank our hosts here at Penzi, which is really I mean, I'm looking at Madison Square Garden. It's not even a block away. Yeah. Uh, great host to us. Uh, the bartender inside, Sean, was at the show. He was all pumped to talk about it. Uh, and what a show. I mean, it really, I think almost from top to bottom was good. I know people were critical of the middle matches a little bit, thought it killed the momentum of the show. But I thought it was all great. And, man, there was just some, some jaw-dropping moments in this show tonight. I'm so excited. I love the show. I think it lived up to all the expectations that I had. And in fact, you know, people complaining or being disappointed about the middle matches, I don't agree with that because I feel like, of course, with a card that's more than five matches, you have to pace the show. You've got to have some kind of mid-tier matches. You've got to have some lower gear matches. You can't have everything on 100% all the time, everyone going 100 all the time. So to me, it made sense, the pacing, and the show was just incredible. There were so many great matches. It started off with a bang with Osprey and Cobb. I hope you guys loved Osprey and Cobb. I know I did. And we want to thank you all who are tuning in right now live on Wrestling Inc.'s YouTube. Thanks so much. But uh, we want to hear your favorite matches. But, Paul, what did you think about Cobb versus Osprey? Yeah, yeah we'll get through uh, a lot of people's comments here. Uh, but we do want to talk about some of the matches. Cobb, Osprey, what a way to start the show. I mean, look, Osprey, I mean, these are two of our favorites, and Osprey has had an amazing weekend. We had a great match on Thursday at the WrestleCon Super Show against Bandito, which was amazing. He had the match yesterday at Rev Pro, where he was uh, teamed with Tanahashi against uh, Suzuki and Sabre, where he got his nose broken. That was awesome. That match was probably one of my favorite of the weekend, besides some of the matches tonight. And, and then he comes here tonight, has an amazing match. I mean, the way Cobb sent him flying a couple times with the shoulder charge and the throwing him through the air, I thought it was an amazing match. And we talked last year after uh, Time is a Flat Circle, the PWG show, about how great Jeff Cobb was. And he's finally starting to get his just due. And he wins the title, both titles tonight. I mean, both titles, that's crazy. And to me, Osprey was doing such great things with the Never Openweight Championship. And, man, for... For him gaining both, Jeff Cobb gaining both, I th I'm very surprised about that. I'm happy for Cobb, but, but you know, Osprey's lost a lot recently, so where is he going to go from here? I'm hoping he's proven that he can hang with the heavyweights and he'll just move up and up and up, but only time will tell. We've got lots of people joining, telling us their opinions. Uh, Drew is saying he loved the opening match. He also said he loved the main event. Dave, our good friend, good guy Dave, is joining us. Lots of people tuning in to tell us their opinions. Keep your opinions coming, guys. We'll, we'll respond to a lot of them, but as far as 
as Osprey versus Cobb goes, for a lot of the show, that was my favorite match until we got a little bit further in. And there were some other matches that I really liked, like the uh, New Japan Junior Heavyweight match. I love that where we had you know Ishimori versus Dragon Lee versus Bandito with a surprise title change. That was crazy. Yeah, there were uh, look, there were three moments. Moments, not matches, but moments that are going to stand out to me in this show. Two things were things I don't know if I've ever seen in wrestling. The Bandito picking up two guys on the top corner of the turnbuckle and doing an avalanche throwaway slam to both guys. That was so incredible. The crowd went nuts. What an incredible feat of strength. I mean, that was one of my favorite parts of that entire match. So well done. And then uh, the second one was G.O.D. throwing P.C.O. out of the ring, flat onto his back on the floor. And then I thought he was dead. But of course he's not human, so he rose right up. And that was incredible. The crowd went insane. And then the third moment, again, not match, but moment, was obviously something that a lot of you did not see on the broadcast, but of course is making the rounds on social media. Enzo Amore, big cast, at the end of the tag team title match, jumped over the barrier, attacked the Briscoes. Bully Ray comes running down the ramp, and look, he beat the hell out of Enzo Amore. I mean, he was brutalizing him. And look, I think we all think it's a work, obviously. But there's some things that make it questionable, though. A lot of things like how they didn't mention it on commentary. They read it. Apparently, they retweeted. Ring of Honor retweeted a tweet about it, but then took it down. Also... They didn't show it at all. Not one second of it. Nobody knew what was happening. They thought it was a brawl in the crowd. The only video out there is fan videos. So what do you, you said you think it's a work. I mean, I, they very well could be. I, I do think it was a work because security was so slow. If, if it had been an actual, like they weren't supposed to be there, I think security would have taken them out a lot quicker. But it, either way, whether it was a work or it wasn't, it was awesome. And... Enzo and Cass are so despised. We've seen it on social media. People have said they may stop watching Ring of Honor because of because if Enzo Amore and Big Cass are on the show. I think on the opposite side, they are so hated that they are perfect heels because, look, the crowd was booing Enzo big time, and Big Cass was given the, the, the double-barreled salute to the crowd. So it, it, was, uh, it was an interesting moment, to say the least. And you said you had a good point about if it is a work, it might not have been the time to do it. Yeah, because instead of people talking about the great matches you just had, about the history you just made at having a once in a lifetime show at Madison Square Garden, the first time, hopefully of many times, instead of talking about all of that, they're talking about if this was a work or not. They're talking about this drama instead of, you know, what they could be talking talking about which is the mass matches which is the wrestling so i'm surprised that ring of honor if they are in on this i'm surprised they w- that they would do this because to me it's just so not ring of honor and i love ring of honor i'm a big proponent of the promotions to me it just feels kind of like i hate to say this but it feels cheap to me and <laughs> i hope it's not true but it could very well be true yeah. i mean they are good heels because people legit hate them but i don't know it's, it's really hard to say it was uh it was a, one of the moments of the night and unfortunately i think like you said it does take away from this amazing show so we're probably not going to talk too much about it and we'll just talk about the show itself uh match of the night for you oh my god that's hard um the main event was amazing but i gotta stick with i guess 
Jeff Cobb versus Osprey. I thought that was awesome. I couldn't believe that opened the match, but really what rivaled it, I think, was the main event. Like, it's almost neck and neck for me personally. I know a lot of people like Abushi Naito. Naito got a huge pop. I mean, I know you guys saw it on on TV, a lot of you guys, in one way or another, you saw it either streaming or on pay-per-view or whatever. And I'm sure you could kind of get the gist of how the crowd reacted, but it was so loud when Naito came out. In fact, when Ibushi first came out, he got a really big roar and standing ovation. I thought, okay, Naito's not going to have this big of a reaction, but it beat it beat Ibushi's reaction in yeah. the end. So yeah. I was like, wow, I thought it couldn't get better, but it did. So, but I will say, okay, the ladder match was awesome. Yes. And I thought going in that would be my favorite match, but it wasn't. And I thought it was great, a lot of crazy spots, but I think it could have been longer. And to me, it just it felt abrupt that it ended that way, like just so quick. Well, I loved from the get-go, Taven was hated. And I turned to you, and I couldn't get it out quick enough that as soon as they were going to announce that he was from Boston, the New York crowd would just lay into him. And I said to you, the only thing that would have been better is if he had come down to the ring in a Red Sox shirt because he was already hated by the New York crowd. And, of course, he got booed when he won the title. But, you know, as the crowd was on to him, he would lean in over the rope and be like, is that all you got kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, so I he, love that. he played the perfect heel. And, look, we have talked about it on the show, the storyline and the build and the, the hour match that they had at the uh, – 17th, 17th anniversary, anniversary. Mm-hmm. you know, leading to all this, it did kind of feel like it was Taven's time. I hated for Lethal to lose it, you know, in the shadow of where he's from, Elizabeth, New Jersey. But, yes. uh, and obviously, Skrull, the crowd, I think, was most in the Skrull than anybody. Right. But, uh, you know, of course, Skrull's got to look ahead to his match with Nick Aldis at the Crockett Cup. So, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm not happy that Taven won. He's a great performer. He took some crazy spots in this uh, in this show. Uh, you know, I I have like five matches that I could bounce around on what my favorites were because you mentioned it earlier. I mentioned the spot from it, the junior heavyweight match. Bandito, Dragon Lee, and Ishimori put on an incredible show. I love that match again. Like that almost made it into my like top contention of a top match, but it didn't quite make it in there because I just I think I like Osprey so much. That's why that one beats the NJPW junior heavyweight match for me. But it was incredible. And I wasn't expecting Dragon Lee to come out with the title. To me, that's a very surprising turn of events. I thought Ishimori would retain. So I'm very, very surprised. But there's some other great moments in the match. A lot of people aren't talking about the honor rumble, but there are so many special moments. Uh, Liger coming in, he got oh. a huge, huge ovation, a huge pop from the crowd. I think that was really special. And again, if you guys are just joining us, thank you so much. We're live here at Penzi, which is a beer garden right outside of MSG. You can see New York behind us. I know it's a little blurry, <laughs> but it's there behind us. It's bright. We're in the hey, city. The lights of Midtown. You yes. know, it's awesome. Uh, again, right outside MSG. Uh, we got Bad Luck Fale sitting right behind us. We may get him as a guest. In a, a little bit, uh, want to talk about a couple of people and, and Drew by Ficus uh, mentioned Muda and as you mentioned Liger. Yeah. It came. It looked like it was coming down to Muda and Liger, and the crowd went ape. You know what? Yeah. Uh, and then Kenny King rolled back in, and everybody had forgotten that he was still in the match, and he gets the win, but he gets the Muda missed in the face at the end. At least we got to see that, yeah. and I thought it was awesome. The crowd could react in a happy way, but what a big moment for Kenny King! Oh, really putting him over 
kind of hardcore there with all those legends. He's the one who winds up winning, but also in a heelish way. So it's really perfect character-wise. It really works out. I really loved my biggest surprise. Uh, good guy Dave, Dave Pazeski is asking, what was my biggest surprise of the night? Man, that's a hard question. Um, lots of things happened that I didn't expect. But I will say I was really surprised. I got to say I was surprised by Dragon Lee. Yeah. I really was. I did not expect that at all. But also Okada. I thought El Fantasma was going to come in and disrupt the match and allow Jay White to somehow retain in heelish manner in some kind of shenanigans manner. But Okada actually won it back. I thought that could happen. It's not like it was a huge surprise. But that would be my second biggest surprise would be Okada winning. Well, we, and we really didn't talk about much of that yet. Uh, the crowd was so hot for Okada. I, it had to have been uh, picked up on the broadcast. I hope their mat sound mics and everything were great because the crowd was insane for Okada. And, uh, you know, I said to you, I'm not sure if Okada ever would have imagined that he'd be so over in the United States, playing in front of a big crowd in the United States, unless he came to WWE. I'm sure it never would have crossed his mind that that could happen. So it's pretty pretty awesome for him. Uh, the, the the ending sequence was great. You know, he had to hit two Rainmakers, a pile driver, and another Rainmaker to finally put away Jay White, and the crowd went nuts. I really just love the ending. It was so electric in the garden for that, and what a special moment. And it was my first time in the garden, so seeing that live was kind of something I'll never, ever forget. But let's rewind to the Honor Rumble again. I know personally Brian Malonis. I'm a really big <laughs> fan. Of course, he's a part of the Bouncers with Beer City Bruiser. I think they're really underrated as a tag team. I love seeing them get a highlight in the Honor Rumble. What was cool, I think, though, was Malonis squaring off with Bad Luck Fale, two of the biggest, most threatening guys in either promotion, New Japan or Ring of Honor, squaring off in the ring for a second. That was kind of powerful to, to see. No pun intended, but they are powerful guys for sure. Yeah, we're going to see if we can get Fale over here. He uh, said he might join us. Uh, he's smoking on a big cigar right now, <laughs> enjoying the night here at Penzi here in Midtown Manhattan after G1 Supercard, an amazing show. We're glad all of you are with us. Uh, Wide Awake asked what, what happened with Jay Lethal. Well, Jay Lethal put on an amazing show. Uh, he took some incredible spots in that ladder match. But in the end, he was at the top of the ladder with uh, Matt Taven. Taven hit him with the belt. And Lethal falls back first onto a bridged ladder that was set up on the ropes. A rough spot for Lethal to lose the title on. Oh, my God. It was scary. I was like, no, Lethal, no, don't fall. It was so insane. Um, I couldn't believe it ended like that. Really powerful visually. A really great sequence of events. When they were bridging those ladders between the main ladder, I was like, what are they going to oh. do? What are they going to do? And speaking of ladders, uh, I don't know if this is something that came across on the broadcast either. Uh, I'm sure you saw... They used the two ladders that wedged together into an X. A couple brutal spots with that. Taven got slammed down on the X of it. Lethal went to throw the ladders out, and it actually rolled into the crowd a little bit and actually hit a guy in the front row. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know how seriously he was hurt. They did take him back to check him out. But you could see the Ring of Iron people. It was like it was in slow motion scrambling to try and get in the way of the uh, ladder, but they couldn't get there in time. It's but, like he wasn't it, paying attention. Exactly. If he was watching it all, you could see Jay Lethal was going to throw the ladders out. So uh, the fan, to me, is just as much to blame for not paying attention. Well, it was a little scary, and I 
I'm afraid for Ring of Honor New Japan because people started chanting, that's a lawsuit, that's yeah, a lawsuit. Exactly. Yeah, someone just, Dave just said, they, they chanted, that's a lawsuit. Yeah, and it was really loud, and I just felt bad. And the fan must have felt like all eyes were on him. Imagine oh, yeah. being that guy, just all the eyes focused, zeroing on, in on him. A uh, couple other things we should address. Uh, the second match after Osprey and Cobb, we said, boy, whoever's got to follow that, we feel bad for them. Well, it was Roosh and Castle, and Castle had a spectacular entrance, but lost almost immediately on three drop kicks to the corner, and then turned on the boys. Uh, you didn't like that it was like basically a squash match. I, I personally thought it's because Castle's just not healthy, and they wanted to give him at least that moment of walking down the ramp at MSG. I mean, I guess so. I don't know how to feel about it, and I don't know the reasoning behind it. I know they're pushing Roosh really hardcore, oh, yeah. of course. And I, I see that. That is warranted, in my opinion, for sure. But such a short match. I mean, you can't have every match be 10, 15, 30 minutes. I know that for sure, especially so early in. But, I mean, it could have been a little longer. <laughs> and, again, like Castle is a former ROH champion. Right. So to me, that was just so very surprising. Of course, we saw him get angry and take it out on the boys after that. So to me, it was like, maybe this is a little bit of character development going forward. Some storyline development with him and the boys losing favor. <laughs> right. Or maybe it's just a temporary thing and only lasts for like, I don't know, a few, a few days, a few weeks. Who knows? But I, I do think you can argue how how it made sense and it was okay but personally you know i don't know if i liked it 100 <laughs> percent. i don't know uh after that kelly klein re, uh, recaptured the ring of honor or captured i should say the ring of honor women's championship beating iwatami uh good match airplane spin bomb to win it uh the, the iconic moment from that match was when iwatami went off the top rope or the corner and and did that beautiful splash down onto the floor. Yeah, the crowd really started get, getting into it after that. They were like, okay, we're going to pay attention now because they kind of lost him for a little while. People were getting a little tired, even just at the beginning. People were like, oh. But then I think that really captured some people, and I really like oh, Iwatami for sure. So uh, it was an awesome, awesome moment, I think. And it was a cool match, but I didn't expect Klein to win it back so easily. Um, it was very uh, – very unexpected at the moment, but all right, look who's joining oh us. Gosh. Bad luck, Fale. What in the hell do you want? What, what in the hell? What the hell we want is to talk to you. Uh, tell us uh, what it was like to be there in Madison Square Garden tonight. Oh, yeah, man. that was uh, once in a lifetime, you know. Yeah, I mean, what was the crowd reaction like? And I mean, when you walked in there, I mean. Just the thought of actually walking into Madison Square Garden, what was that like for you? Well, like I said, it was once in a lifetime. You know, I've, I've never ever thought I'd end up doing a show in there, but it happened. It happened, so I'm, I'm happy about that. So hopefully that happens again. <laughs> you know, a lot of guys can't match you in size, but Brian Malonis, <laughs> he kind of gave you a run for your money. You two squared off in the ring. Do you think you'll ever meet up again? Oh, I hope so, because... <laughs> Man, when I turned around and you were standing there, I was like, oh, big boy. Yeah, yeah, so and you never say that to anybody, exactly, do you? Exactly. So hopefully in the future we get to uh, do some stuff together. So, Tell me what the feeling was like in the back uh, with all the guys, uh, just maybe pre-show and as the show was going along with the electricity in the crowd and, and, and how you guys were so received. You know, this is the dream. You know, everybody wants to be at this place, MSG, yeah. you know. 
but it was really hard for New Japan guys or ROH guys. It was never a doable thing. And then all of a sudden, bang, it's there. Now we were all backstage and we're like, fuck, this is really happening, man. Yeah, so that's, that's what it was like. It was like on edge and happy that we're here. Yeah. She, well, go ahead. So, you know, your boys, G.O.D., they won the titles. You know, they, they won their match. It was a brutal match. What did you think watching that happen? PCO is somebody they had to contend with. He doesn't seem human. But they pulled out the victory in the end. What did you think about that whole Well, you know, I always had, I always, had uh, I always believed in my boys, you know. They're my brothers and my blood family, you know. And I always knew it would come through. So, it doesn't matter. Those guys were tough. I knew my boys had How about that spot that PCO took? Get your guys throwing him over the rope, and he lands flat on his back on the floor. Exactly. I've never seen that. No, that's what I just said. And then, and then he sits back up. Holy shit. <laughs> your boys are strong, but PCO is exactly. stronger in that way. I give it to him, man. I give it to him. Uh, they say he's not human, so there you go. <laughs> well, you guys obviously are have become so big in America. Tell me, uh, you got the War of the Worlds tour coming up. Obviously, people are watching New Japan Wrestling like never before here in the United States. Talk about the promotion itself and, and the success you guys are having worldwide. Well, it was always a dream for our company to expand. So little by little, we're getting there. And to get to MSG is a huge step. So we, who, who knows where we're going after this? I hope it just keeps getting bigger and bigger because I really believe in New Japan for wrestling. I know you've been there a really long time. What do you think about working for the company? How do you feel about being a part of everything and it's a special place? Yeah, I love the place. Man. They gave me a chance when nobody could gave me any. So I'm a, I'm a really loyal uh, person to the company. So whatever they have in, in mind for the future, I'm 100% behind it. So we want to take over wherever. That's where we want to go. <laughs> who's uh, who's in your crosshairs? Who's next for you? Uh, we thought maybe Ishii could be a potential battle for you. Who who you got your eyes on? <laughs> My eyes are always on Okada. Okada and Tanahashi. Those guys are always the top guys, and they're always the ones to beat. You know, I've beaten them before, but I've never gotten the chance to take their belt. So those are all those guys. Uh, always there. Always there. Well, hope we get a matchup with them really soon. We're so happy that you took the time to join us. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I, promise, I promised you five minutes, but get back to that cigar. <laughs> I don't my cigars. Fuck them. All right. Thank you. Bad luck, Fowley. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, get back to that cigar and the beer. And, uh, wow, pretty cool to have a live guest here at Penzi. <laughs> I'm so excited. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I wish we had uh, grabbed a picture. We should have gotten a selfie. Oh, wow. We <laughs> and, have it on video. By the way, I saw the comment uh, about the light behind us. Yes, this is the lights of Midtown Manhattan. I'm trying to block the big screen as much as I can. And I, I thought having bad luck folly between us would block it even more, but I guess not. <laughs> Man, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got I to gotta have a minute to collect myself after Fall Light came in here. I loved when he was doing the whole F-em thing, like F-em. So to me, I'm just marking out over here. I'm sorry. Uh, Mike Hart said, G1 Supercard was a home run. Glad the MSG crowd was so into it. Glad to see Ibushi and Okada win. I was too, and especially the way the crowd was so behind them. It was really, really awesome. Uh, the crowd, crowd was so into it. 
Crow and I mean Tanahashi. We haven't talked. Bad luck, Fale. I just mentioned Tanahashi. The crowd went nuts when he came into the ring. They really did. Of course, he's the ace of New Japan. Why not go nuts for the guy who really carried the company and kind of brought it or helped bring it to where it is today? You can't really talk about New Japan for wrestling without mentioning Tanahashi, just a true legend. But, of course, he was going against my boy, Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> and I was really, really uh, happy to see them square off. I'm just a huge fan of Zack Sabre Jr. He went pretty far in the New Japan Cup, but him and Tanahashi has had they've had some history recently so i kind of like what they're doing with that storyline i think we saw the culmination of all of that tonight um once again we're at penzi just outside madison square garden at the corner of 7th and 33rd i believe uh i may have to sneak out and get a slice of pizza from little <laughs> italy like we did last night when we were at penzi uh amazing show let's talk about this weekend in general uh, Obviously, true wrestling fans know how huge this weekend is. If you're a casual fan, you probably have no idea. There are from Thursday or maybe even Wednesday, but certainly from Thursday until SmackDown on Tuesday, there are over 60 live wrestling events in the New York, New Jersey area. And you had NXT sell out Barclays Center, New Japan and Ring of Honor sell out MSG the next night. Just talk about where wrestling is right now. And this is without AEW being on, on the stage right now. I mean, it's amazing how hot wrestling is right now. And all of these shows are so awesome to watch. They really are. It's incredible where wrestling is right now, in my opinion. I know some people are like, eh, it's not the same as it used to be. It's not as good. It's not as great. You know, kayfabe is dead, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. You could look at it that way, but you could look at it like... This is the best time to be a fan. Things are evolving. Things are getting better. We can watch whatever we want, whenever we want. If you don't want to watch WWE and WrestleMania, you don't have to. You have literally, what, 59-plus other <laughs> events going on across two states. It's incredible. And I'm, for one, so excited and so happy just to love wrestling right now. I mean, to see Ring of Honor in New Japan take on Madison Square Garden and succeed there. Not everyone could go to that building and succeed. As we know, WWE was the main company running that building for the last 60 years. Yeah. Ring of Honor and New Japan conquered that tonight, and I think they did it in a successful way. First non-WWE show at Madison Square Garden since, I think, 1960 was the number I tweeted out earlier. Obviously, the biggest non-WWE show in msg history and it was a home run i mean i don't i think you know the length of the show was probably long but i think i didn't feel like it dragged at any point uh i know a couple of people felt like some of the matches you know we as we mentioned earlier might have brought the momentum down a little bit but you know like you said ebbs and flows in these shows see people are completely Comparing it to NXT TakeOver. NXT TakeOver is five flippant matches, okay, guys? When you're talking about this card, this G1 Supercard, it was stacked with a lot more matches than that. They were trying to get a lot of people on the card. A lot of people have special moments at Madison Square Garden. So in that case, it had to be a longer show. When you have a longer show, you can't have the luxury of having a tight, compact show 
you have to have ebbs and flows like you just mentioned i had said earlier you have to have some lower tier matches you have to have some matches where the crowd isn't amped up to 100 every second of every match it's just it's not what every show is supposed to be you know no. so to me it's not a fair comparison if you're saying like this is not what i wanted i think the last you know the first few matches were a little light well, you really can't compare it to another show because it's apples and oranges, honestly, in my opinion. Uh, another moment in the show. Uh... <laughs> oh, that's funny. That I, I crap on WWE a lot, that? <laughs> yes. Well, uh, I do, but this longer show is good. And I do give WWE props for when it's good. So you can criticize my views on WWE all you want. But if you've listened to our podcast regularly, you know that I always give it its props when it is good. And so, but, you know, to each his own, we can all agree and disagree. That's cool. And as, uh, as we said last night, NXT TakeOver was an amazing show. I mean, all five matches of that were incredible. So. I didn't crap on that, did no, I? No, I, I think we are. I mean, I know I'm more unbiased than you. I, you, you tilt a little towards New Japan. I do. I, I, I can admittedly. be down the middle on it. And look, I don't think you know. I know there's homers on both sides of the scale, right? That you know. Uh, I mean, we got it from our buddy uh, Jeff, who was like, "Tonight's show wishes it was NXT." You know, <laughs> that's the most ridiculous so, statement I've ever so, heard. So there's but whatever. There's WWE homers. There's homers on the other side. How about we just appreciate that we just saw two amazing nights of wrestling? That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I'm excited for WrestleMania tomorrow. I was excited for NXT TakeOver, and I was excited for G1 Supercard. So, again, I'm saying and circling back, it's the best time to be a fan. I I do have an, a bias, but I think you can appreciate everything, and it's okay to agree to disagree, as I always say. And I do have a personal favorite, but I think that's okay. And I really am excited for this whole week slash weekend of events i think it's been amazing and i for one am super pumped about everything that's happened and everything that's to come uh king trawick 1993 says uh sucks that jay white lost the title he had a short reign i agree with that you, you actually were, yeah you were surprised by that that's why i thought maybe there'd be sh some sh shenanigans and he would retain because yes okada had already lost twice to him so in a way i was like there's no way okada's losing a third time to jay white in like a very recent amount of time a not very long period of time but at the same time i was like but jay white's have had the title such a short time and they had been building them up so hardcore so to me uh yeah, I, I am surprised it was a short reign, but it is what it is. Uh, there was no shenanigans. It was clean, and I am surprised, but the match was awesome. You can't argue with that. All right, a couple of quick comments. Dave Pazewski, along those lines, says, so much wrestling, so much content. There's everything for everyone out there. Uh, Jay Kranites says, uh, live must have been better watching online. It was absolute garbage. The, the sound was off, and it sounded like the crowd was dead. Now, that has been a problem with Ring of Honor that sometimes – their crowd noise doesn't play in as we had a few fans work through there. But, uh, but I thought, you know, I thought in person it was equal to NXT TakeOver as far as crowd noise. It felt like it. And we looked around. Maybe not as sustained. Like TakeOver it felt yeah. like it was throughout the show. But, again, that was two and a half hours. Again, a shorter show because it couldn't be sustained that long here at G1 Supercard. But another observation, I looked around. People were contemplating, was this really sold out or not? I really only saw like 50 seats empty, and those were the expensive, like, media seats. You know seats. what? If you're a baseball fan and you watch a New York Yankees game and you see all those expensive seats right in the very front, yeah. the big leather seats that are always empty no matter what the game is, even if it's the ALCS, 
those were the seats at MSG that were empty. Everything else, full. So like you said, maybe 50, 60 empty seats. I know ticket prices came down once people realized the Young Bucks weren't going to be here and stuff. But you know what? I think these two promotions proved tonight, well, Omega and Cody and the Young Bucks and SCU are all amazing, and we can't wait for AEW. These promotions live on, and are, they're just fine. I think that's a wonderful point, Paul, because the promotions, people were ready to write off Ring of Honor, not so much New Japan. We were like, I'm done with Ring of Honor. Like, Bucks and company aren't there. But Ring of Honor has shown, and they've done this many times throughout their history, they can succeed without the stars that have left. They can succeed. Like, think about how they bounced back after Daniel Bryan left. Think about how they bounced back after Seth Rollins left. All these people who left, they still are going. They still are going strong after the Bucks have left. That was a huge loss because I think the Bucks are kind of like a once-in-a-lifetime type of talent. But they're they're moving on. They're 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 steady. They're going. However, you know, lots of people talk about you know Cass and Enzo. Yeah, that's... if Ring of Honor are working with them, to me, I'm a little disappointed. I they don't too. need they don't need to play into that as if long... that's true. But I'm fine with it if they're straight on heels. Uh, back to Jay. He says close enough. Sorry, my last name is Greek. How, how about this? Tell me if I'm right on it. Cranides. Let's let's see if that's correct. Uh, Chad Boswell takeover was three hours, 16 minutes. If you want to be technical, it was longer than we expected, by the way. That was true. Yes. Uh, uh, GHP Network, speaking of AEW, I think Junior signing to AEW tells me that there are some good things to come. Anything that go involves good old JR is bound to be monumental. I agree and disagree at the same time. I don't know. When he did the shows on Axis, he didn't do enough to put over the wrestlers. I think that was your biggest criticism. And I'm not sure that he's up to the speed like, and how he's going to work with Excalibur. I know that's one of your big concerns because Excalibur is so good. I'm a huge fan of Excalibur. People were asking me, who do you want to do commentary for AEW? This is months and months ago, even before the press conference in Las Vegas, which uh, Excalibur was a part of. So people said, you know, who do you want to be a part of the commentary team? I said, heck, Excalibur. Bucks have always been really into PWG. They're really big proponents of PWG. PWG is a large part of their history, and Excalibur does the commentary there, and it's a big part of that promotion. So I said it would make sense to me if they asked Excalibur to work on it because he was a part of All In. So to me, it makes perfect sense. And, uh, yeah, I love that Excalibur is a part of it, but they're both play-by-play -play guys, JR and Excalibur. How is that going to work together? I have no idea. It'll be unusual. Uh, JR did kind of bash some styles of New Japan wrestling in the past. So I find that to be uh, how is he going to kind of embrace this new type of wrestling? Because he's kind of he's got a, a favorite style. And, that, and that's that's uh, understandable. Everyone has a favorite type of style. But I will say, you know, he's getting paid directly by AEW. Maybe he'll change his tune a little bit, you know. And I was right on Jay's last name on repronouncing it. Oh, Cranides. Good Greek name go for some greek food actually right now pizza I go for any, well <laughs> pizza is not greek but i could oh, go for any pizza. Food, I, I meant food pizza <laughs> i could go for another beer too i may have to leave you for a second um one one thing one part of the show we haven't addressed yet is uh bully ray comes out and uh attacks the rapper him. attacks the rapper which the crowd loved the crowd hated the rapper so when bully came out they just went wild. They they cheered. And I really thought Suzuki was going to make an appearance, even I though that too. would make no sense, except the only sense it would make is that 
fully called out Suzuki on social media, on Twitter. He said, Juice won't make it to MSG, and Suzuki has no balls to face me anyway. So I thought that Suzuki would at least come out at some point to uh, address that Twitter comment because Suzuki's one of the most hardcore guys ever, and no way is somebody <laughs> going to say he doesn't have the balls to face him. So I thought for sure, but no, he wasn't there. And um, they made it a three-on-three. Three. Juice was there. Flip was there. Yeah, that's, I mean, let's not skip past that. No. Flip, uh, Flip made it seem like after when he couldn't be in Baltimore that maybe he wasn't going to be here. Uh, how about him standing in the middle of the ring with Silas and Shane Taylor and Bully and daring them to take kendo shots on his back? And the back and his back looked horrible yeah. after a couple of those shots. Uh, just that was a great part of the match. Uh, you know, Flip taking those kendo shots, uh, good weapons uh, being used, Bully Ray bombing Flip through the table at one point. Uh, that was entertaining, and I know there were a couple of people that were disappointed with that. People didn't like the whole, like, lightsaber-like battle with the kendo sticks. People were complaining on Twitter, I saw. But you know what? To each his own. If you don't like that, that's okay. But I think, like I said, it's all about ebbs and flows. You need to have some comedy. You need to have some fun. You need to have some lighter stuff on a longer. It was almost a five-hour show. I mean, how much was the wrong? Running time on this G1 Supercard show. We couldn't all have, every match couldn't have been Osprey and Cobb or Okada and Jay White. You had to have some different styles of matches. And I know I'm kind of going on about that same point, but it's so true, guys. I don't want anyone to kind of be bummed out about the show. I think it had it all. It had some fun stuff. It had some light stuff. And it had some heavy wrestling at the same time, though. Uh, uh, another comment. You're going to love this one from uh, Luis Burunda. Go ahead and read that one. Kelsey, I love the blue, the brewery expo exploration right. recently. She's already had too much <laughs> of the beer. She just oh, is no. drinking. Oh, Plus the one inside. <laughs> Do you want to try that again? I'll try it Luis, If we could edit right now, I'll just start over and go. Luis, Luis Brenda has this comment, Kelsey. This is like the podcast. Anyway, um, Kelsey, I love the brewery exploration recently. I'm a huge craft beer head. Off topic, but what's the beer of choice tonight? This is a watermelon beer. It's a session ale from Montauk, which is in New York. And I am drinking a six point uh, something Bengal, Bengali Tiger IPA. Let's talk about what the beer thing's about. You guys well, like well, AEW. Why don't you tell them what it's about? Because I'm going to go get another Bengali Tiger while you tell them. You're leaving me. So, okay. So, if you guys remember, of course, AEW, the Double or Nothing videos, BTE, they're preaching this whole full gear challenge. Adam Page is trying to get in shape so he could be in full gear whenever he wants. Well, Paul and I decided we want to go to as many breweries as we can. And out of two years that we've been hanging out, we have been to, I think we've been to 48 breweries now. And we're calling it, instead of the full gear challenge, the full beer challenge. So we are on the full beer challenge. This is just one little stop uh, on many brewery uh, expeditions that we have. But yes, I'm drinking a watermelon flavored beer right now. But the beer at this stadium, if you guys are curious, they had the standard kind of uh, Bud Light, Coors Light stuff. But they also had Brooklyn Lager, which I had at the stadium at MSG. And that was sure good, I got to tell you. Lots of people saying they love craft beers. Graphics 396 says he loves craft beers. I go to breweries all the time. Me too, breweries. That's my jam right there. Uh, we've got somebody saying Jay Kranintes. Bully is an excellent storyteller. Flip appearing got me to pop. I'm still wondering 
how ROH and AEW are going to coexist. I love that comment because, I mean, that's a very interesting thing. I thought for sure that they could have a partnership and it would work out. But we know now that they didn't appear tonight. I think they're not having that partnership. The only way I think a partnership could happen is if somehow Marty Skrull makes a surprise appearance at Double or Nothing, people go crazy, and then we find out that Ring of Honor and AEW are working together. But to me, that is just kind of like a dream scenario. If Bucks and Ring of Honor don't work together again, I think Ring of Honor will still be okay. I'm back. Another uh, Bengali. Uh, th <laughs> thank everybody uh, here at Penzi. Just talking to Ian and uh, everybody inside. They were a uh, Thrilled that we're here, and uh, we're glad they hosted us. So, and we've got our good friend Jay with us, yep. taking pictures of us. <laughs> yep, I told him to take a couple pictures. Of us. Uh, <laughs> if Fale comes back out, maybe we'll snap a picture with him. Yeah. But I'm reloaded with another uh, beer. So, what did you talk about while I was gone? I talked about <laughs> AEW and ROH. How will they coexist? People are asking about that. I talked about the craft beer, the full beer challenge, the full beer challenge. <laughs> but man, how crazy was it that we had? Bad luck Fale here. Yeah. So many cool guests. We had some fans meet us yep. all around. Like I said, our friend Jay from PWP Nation. Lots of cool people all around. Really <laughs> excited. He's taking a ton of pictures. I know. Different I know. angles. I know. If yeah. he can't take two good pictures, we're, we're in trouble. Um, <laughs> we love Jay. Uh, the hits Flip took from the kendo sticks tonight were awesome. I can only imagine how those welts will look tomorrow, says Luis. Uh, that is so true. That was brutal. Brutal. Thank you for Kendo the kind shots. words, by the way, by GHP Network. And everyone, please pedigree that like button. These two are phenomenal. We love Sorry, you. Sorry, AJ. You. Well, so one of us is phenomenal. One of us is just an, I'm, idiot, I'm, just, just an idiot drinking beer. So that's me? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so uh, AEW needs to work alone, says Michael Ryan. Interesting take. I do agree, but they have some partnerships. But again, I think... Wrestling is so strong that everyone could stand on their own right now. I'm a big proponent of Ring of Honor. I'm a big proponent of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I want to see them keep thriving, keep doing well on their own. They don't need AEW, I think. I mean, even though AEW will be a big step up in wrestling, it'll kind of jolt WWE in a way, I think, because especially if they do have insurance for wrestlers, which we saw a whole big piece on right. last week tonight with John Oliver. That's a big thing we talked about on our podcast this week. Oh, we should talk about this. Uh, Cody Johnson asked, did you see that guy at WWE Hall of Fame? Now, we've only seen it on Twitter. but um, Despicable, despicable. Crazy, despicable. Um, you know, I, I, I heard that the WWE stars really gave him the once over once they drug him backstage. Uh, but that's that's just terrible that it, it had to interfere with Bret Hart's speech, especially, I mean, maybe of all speeches, with Natty sitting there, and I'm sure there was a lot of heartfelt stuff. We haven't watched it yet, but have this dope come in to the ring. And by the way, uh, interesting that the speeches were done in a ring. Uh, again, we haven't seen it. What did you guys think of that as opposed to them being on a stage? I'd like to hear some thoughts about the Hall of Fame as well, because you know what, Kelsey? It's it's 112 local time. Uh, last train to Jersey. We're, we're going to miss our train. 122, so... Uh, Raj, if you're watching, we might be expensing an Uber ride back to New Jersey because we are we are gonna, not going to make the train. <laughs> we got bad luck fall. Hey, does that count for anything? Uh, so, yeah, uh, folks, if you watch the Hall of Fame induction instead of this show, which I don't know why you're watching this podcast if you did that, but if you did, uh, tell us how the Hall of Fame show was and, uh, and, and what the general thought was, who gave the best speech, because we'll watch it later on. But 
uh, what people thought of the show. You know, it's crazy. I hope that guy realizes what a huge mistake he made, how really disrespectful that was. He's probably going to be banned for life. What a stupid move. Why? Why? Why hurt Bret Hart? <laughs> no. A legend, a guy who's given his body to the business, a cancer survivor. It makes no sense, and it's really disgusting. <laughs> well, and I also heard that 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 uh, Bret Hart kept going. Like, he, yeah. he, wasn't even, he wasn't even bothered by it. The guy came in. And Bret Hart just kept going with his speech like nothing yeah. had happened. It's it's really just really horrible, and I hope the guy knows what terrible thing he did because it's just how can you be okay with what you did after that? Uh, I think wrestlers are so great that they give their bodies for us to entertain. It's not just Bret Hart, but let's talk about the things we saw tonight. PCO beat, getting beat up over and over again. How is he going to keep surviving? <laughs> I mean, he's crazy. I really believe that he's not human because – how could someone be human and still take the bumps he takes? I just don't know. Um, he's he's an interesting subject in that he headlined at MSG as part of a WrestleMania, not headline, but was one of the main guys like 25 years ago. How cool was it for him to uh, come back here and headline G1 Supercard? He had an awesome entrance. I had one qualm with the entrance of PCL. Instead of him climbing into the chair... He should. They should have brought the chair out, surrounded by a curtain, and he should have already been sitting in the chair, <laughs> and then been brought back to life. It was kind of ridiculous. They climbed in the chair, yes. then had to be brought back to life. Otherwise, it would have been. If it had been the way I suggested, it would have been amazing. We don't know how it looked on camera. Yeah. Like, did they cut away? I, I really don't know how it came off live. But yeah, we saw him climb up. So that was like, oh, well, we see he's alive. Yeah. He's not being brought to life. So you've got a great point there. Some other great points. Somebody said Naito versus Okada, Wrestle Kingdom 14. King Trawick said that. And, man, what an interesting take. That could be in a wonderful match at Wrestle Kingdom 14. I'm all for that. Uh, a couple other people uh, we just lost. Uh, I can't scroll back up. But uh, always watch live on because WWE Network has already edited out the uh, the fan coming in. I'm sure in. they did. Uh been told that DX was great and that they told the truth about AEW, so I really want to hear about that. Uh, Bret Hart was uh, also apparently pretty good. Dave Pazewski, yes, the PCO thing took too long. Yes, I agree. Yes. It, was, it took too long to set up what could have been really cool. Um, we've got somebody asking us our favorite wrestlers of the past and present. Present, it's hard. I think Suzuki, Will Ospreay, Bandito is now in my top five. Matt Riddle is a favorite. And uh, Sami Zayn, even though he's not around right now, we think I think I could see him coming in either Raw, which I'm hoping more so Raw, or in the Rumble part, like the special part, the opening part of Mania. Um, somebody asked how the weather was or is. It's perfect. I don't it's, even have a jacket on, I know, it's, which is unusual. It's about 55 degrees. It's perfect. If we had tried to do this last night, the weather in New York was miserable. It was cold and rainy. <laughs> Excuse me, all day. <laughs> <laughs> Choked up about it. Um, my favorite wrestlers, uh, Ricochet. Ricochet is definitely there right now. Osprey, <laughs> Osprey, Suzuki. Who's number one though, Paul? Bandito for is there now. Uh, Osprey is number one for me. Suzuki's number one for me. Osprey close second. Uh, Matt Riddle, I think right now. I really love Matt. I'm like on a Matt Riddle kick right <laughs> now. Um, I, I really don't know. It's hard to say the fourth and fifth because I'm tied with so many people. But Sami Zayn's definitely in there right now, even though we haven't seen him in a while. Uh, Jake Anator, 722. Are you hoping it will sell out at G1 in Dallas? I got to tell you, 
I'm worried it won't. I, maybe off of the momentum of this show, it'll be close. But I, I don't know. I just have a feeling that Dallas is not going to be a great place for it. I think <laughs> I got to pick my words carefully here um, because I love Dallas. Dallas is one of my favorite places in the country. We just went there for Elimination Chamber. No, that was Houston. Oh, it was? <laughs> Never mind. We, we went just, to Texas. We just went to Dallas for a hot hockey game. You're right. I'm sorry. I knew we went to Dallas. But recently. I don't know if Dallas is cosmopolitan enough. Is that, I don't know if that's the word I want to use. Like New York is, like the Bay Area is. That I don't know if New Japan is going to be as over in Dallas yeah. as it would be in places like New York and Chicago and San Francisco. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong, but I, I just that's my feeling that it's not going to be anywhere close to what we had right over there at MSG, which by the way, we saw professional wrestling at MSG, which, of course, I watched my whole life. You know, all these WWE shows, WrestleMania, which, by the way, there's a glassed-in case of the first WrestleMania that has Hulk Hogan's boots, you know, because it's got all the great moments at MSG. That's that's very cool. So to see G1 here was amazing. Hopefully the momentum carries to Dallas. I think it'll be a great crowd. I just don't think it'll be anything like MSG. I have to agree with you. We have tickets. We're going to be there, yeah. we should say. Uh, it's the same week as Summerfest, so we are traveling <laughs> straight from Summerfest, which is in Milwaukee. And then we're home with the Beer City Bruiser. He's <laughs> yes. going to be there probably wrestling, maybe. <laughs> which, by the way, inside the arena tonight, Beer City Bruiser had an advertisement for a local cigar place here in New York. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. We should go if we find out well, the name. Well, I can't remember the name, so <laughs> yeah. it doesn't do us any good. Uh, Michael Ryan says Dallas isn't a wrestling hub. Gotta agree. Uh, we'll see. Um, We're going. We'll we'll tell you what it's like. Yeah. We'll, we'll give you the play by play about the crowd. We'll let you know about the reactions. I'm hoping it'll be a decent crowd, even if it's small. The good thing about New Japan crowds is that they're very loud and they're very into the show, especially American New Japan crowds, of course, uh, because Japanese crowds are very very uh respectful but they do get loud every now and then too uh king dominic asks what's your favorite live event you guys have went to um england maybe when we were in england what the show in newcastle wcpw which is now defiant wrestling so just that's because, our favorite together i guess is that i mean i have a i have a lot of favorites <laughs> but i mean i really love tonight at g1 supercard i loved all in, all in was one of my favorite shows of all time. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Supercard last year in Supercard in Orlando. Great. I mean, in Lakeland. Yeah, that was great. with the Hardys versus the Young Bucks. It's one of my favorite matches of all time. We got to see it live. There's uh, so many great live events. Personally, you get to see uh, WrestleMania 17. Yeah, I mean, personally, you know, without her, um, it would be WrestleMania 17. Is that really the best one out of everything? No, I'm just saying, without you, the best one I've been to is. Uh, WrestleMania 17, Astrodome, Rock versus Stone Cold. I think the second ever tables, ladders, and chairs match. Uh, Kurt Angle against Benoit? Probably. Or was it Eddie Guerrero versus Benoit? I can't remember. Uh, but that was a great show. Um, I've, been, I've been to some pretty good ones. Uh, I was at the second ever Royal Rumble in Orlando, which shows how old I am. Oh, <laughs> get out of here. I was, let's put it this way. I was in college when that happened. So uh, so I've been to a, a few great ones, but you and I together have seen some great ones. Yeah. I mean, even even shows that have been average, like, you know, Elimination Chamber was a great show, I thought, in Houston. I love that fun. show. Kofi was so over in that show, and I really had a great time to see him get those cheers. That was kind of the 
start of Kofi Mania right there at that show for Elimination Chamber this year. So that was special, but lots of great favorites. Someone's asking us our favorite podcast besides our own. Um, yeah, you, you don't listen to podcasts, so you have nothing to say. You listen to a couple. But no, you don't. I do occasionally. Yes, I do. Uh, Killing the Town I really love, of course, with Don Callis. It used to be Lance Storm. Uh, now, you know, it's not Lance Storm. Chris Jericho's. Do you love- I love Chris Jericho's. Sometimes I listen to Stone Cold's. I really love uh, View from the Top Ropes, Mark to Death. Lots of great ones, but um, of course, Wink has some wonderful ones. Raj does a wonderful job with his buds. So, lots of great podcasts out there. That's why it's so hard to podcast. There's too many. G-Rust, There's just too many. G Russ five twelve was at the first ECW one night stand. I am jealous of that. I'm that jealous is awesome. too, honestly. Hey, I love ECW. Let's turn the tables a little bit here, since we're our train is now pulling out of the station. Oh, oh it's shoot! It's pulling out of Penn Station right now. So we're here for however long we want to be here. Uh, of course, they're kicking us out at two, so we can't go any longer than that. But um, WrestleMania tomorrow, let's get your thoughts on that. Uh, well, I'll start with you, and then we'll get some of the viewer comments as well. Uh, the ladies' match. Uh, we went to WrestleCon Super Show on Thursday, and Ric Flair was there. Yes. And he said, for all of my accomplishments, the thing I'm most proud of is watching my daughter on Sunday headline Re- WrestleMania. So... And, of course, he was about to cry, as he said, <laughs> as Ric Flair always does. Well, this t- this Ric Flair in his later years <laughs> yes. very, very easily cries. Um, but I-, I thought that was a powerful statement. All of his accomplishments, and-, and that's what he's most proud of. And I think that's that's just such a testament to how big of a deal that main event really, really is. Yeah. So I, I want to get your thoughts on that. I do want to preface it by saying uh, we walked out of MSG tonight, Sam, between NXT TakeOver at G1 Supercard, WrestleMania's got a lot to live up to. It does. I think there'll be parts where they get the people's attention, that people will go crazy. But a seven-hour show is hard to maintain that type of energy. I think the energy will lag, and it will have a very hard time following NXT and G1 Supercard. This weekend has been amazing. And what the other promotions do so well is highlight wrestling. WWE doesn't necessarily do that all the time, including the last few years they have not highlighted wrestling at WrestleMania. They've highlighted some silly stories sometimes. It used to be a long, slow build, wonderful wrestling. It's not exactly the same as olden times. So it can be, though. I mean, I'm thinking the main event will definitely live up to it. I'm looking forward to Kofi Daniel Bryan. I think that will be wonderful. Lots of stuff that could be good, but you never know with WWE, and that's the scary part. Uh, We'll get through some comments. Uh, We were asked again about uh, Cass and Enzo for people who joined us late. It was uh, certainly interesting, and... It will be interesting to see if Ring of Honor is going to utilize them because if nothing else, they're polarizing. People are either really angry Ring of Honor is going to bring them on. If you're pro them as as performers, they're, they're great heels. So that could be interesting. Uh, Nigel Coleman, who was with us a little while ago, says, come inside. It's cold out there. Come on, Nigel. It's beautiful out here. It's not if that Kel- bad. If Kelsey's not cold, you know I have it's no not cold. no jacket. No jacket. <laughs> All right. Let's get to tomorrow. The, the main event, let's start with that. I know uh, people are, are rooting for different people. Becky, obviously, is the popular I'm choice right now. I'm pro-Charlotte. Yes, exactly. I am pro-Charlotte. What, what do you think? They're, they're going to dislike this video. <laughs> Nigel's yelling at us, it's cold. Come on, it's not cold. Like it, It's like 50 out here. Exactly. It's Come not on. Bad. Man up, Nigel. Come on. <laughs> um, this is going to be a great match, and obviously... We want them to perform well. 
crowd is going to be pro Becky. I know you're pro Charlotte. Look, I'm pro all three. I'm fine with any of them because I think they're all great. We're going to get 100 dislikes right now. No, that's fine. Because of me. That's no, fine. I'm sorry. I think it's okay to disagree. I think it's okay to have favorites. And I think it's okay to just be who you are and like what you like. So to me, I like Charlotte. I hope that's okay with you guys. I know you like Becky and that's okay with me. Uh, uh, I think it's going to be great and historic no matter what, though. Just like you said, it's going to be an amazing match. And it's really uh, powerful what they're doing. I know I keep using the word powerful. She went Supercard tonight, which is our podcast, what it's about. That was powerful. The main event of WrestleMania tomorrow, different gear, different show, but still powerful. I think it's kind of cool that so many big things are happening in wrestling right now. It's a very special time. I, um, I did notice a comment earlier, and I think this fits with WWE as well. Uh, they mentioned that G1 Supercard really captured the ebbs and flows of the crowds, whether it was anti-Taven, pro-Okada, yeah. you know, pro-Ibushi. WrestleMania needs to do that tomorrow, too. Whether it's Charlotte winning and the crowd booing like crazy or Becky winning, Seth Rollins. Look, when he comes into MetLife Stadium, the burn it down is going to be insane. Oh, I, I can't wait. When Kofi comes in, the explosion, and if he wins the title. That'll be one which, of the most special things we'll ever see. I really, really hope WWE. I know they, they want to throw swerves, but man, if Kofi wins tomorrow, that will be awesome. Another person, Michael Ryan. We've had this comment yeah. before on my Twitter. I've seen people say this. AJ versus Orton could actually steal the show. My friend, I actually think you could be right because AJ didn't necessarily have the best match with Nakamura last year. I, we all thought it could be great, but they didn't really give him the time and it didn't have the pacing that I thought it could have. So this AJ versus Orton match, I feel like could be great, especially if AJ wants to almost rectify his his match last year. Cause I think it, it could have been better. So if they give the time to them, I think it could be great. And I want to circle back though to G1 Supercard. I feel like, I don't know. You can't, you can't say enough how, how, how special it was, how unusual it was for a crowd to be so into a match that wasn't a WWE match in Madison Square Garden. It doesn't happen a lot. I know we're jumping around, but I think we're going to see a lot of big reactions tomorrow. But we can't we can't ignore that we saw a lot of no, big reactions I, tonight. I, I know. agree. I agree. I mean, look again to think that two Japanese guys, Ibushi and Naito, could draw a reaction among twenty thousand people in Madison Square Garden cannot be understated. I think yeah. that's a massive achievement for New Japan and for Ring of Honor to put on a show like they put on tonight. And I will say a thing that I thought was different, NXT TakeOver and G1 Supercard both had wonderful crowd reactions. People were really into both shows, and both cards for both shows were stacked. But the one thing I think G1 Supercard had over NXT TakeOver was story. Long story, too. They've been building up to G1 Supercard for a very long time. So to me, the story was really etched into the whole show. Almost every match had something in it that was built you know, for a while. And I like that a lot. I've seen a few people talking about the storylines in WWE leading to this WrestleMania. And we've talked about it as well. Like some of the stories were there, but WWE made them convoluted, yes. whether it was the Charlotte Becky, you know, Becky's hurt, Becky's suspended, blah, blah, blah. Right. I, it seemed like they, they kind of muddled the water, muddied the waters a little bit. For what was a great story. The Kofi versus Daniel Bryan, I didn't like 
that Kobe had had to win the gauntlet match and then face Daniel Bryan. We talked about this before. How many times did Kofi have to face Daniel Bryan in the last two months since the week before Elimination Chamber to now? That that dilutes the product at WrestleMania. I think it's still going to be a great match, but it didn't need to be them facing each other so many times. And they could have screwed Kofi over in, in different ways than they did, I thought, that would have been better storylines. If you look back at past builds to WrestleMania, it wasn't always match, 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 and then ultimate match at WrestleMania. A lot of times it's stare-downs, run-ins, uh, just even video packages. It's You could do it a number of different ways. You could have made Kofi the sympathetic babyface without having him face Daniel multiple times leading up to WrestleMania, especially just TV shows. You know, I mean, I understand them facing, obviously, at Elimination Chamber, which is where Kofi Mania, the desire really started there. But after that, they kept facing each other. And to me, like you said, it's watering it down. Uh, I'm still hyped for the match, though, regardless of having had them meet multiple times. WWE did that. But regardless, I'm still excited. And uh, I think it's going to be maybe one of the best matches of the whole night. And look, I believe card-wise, I think it's better than last year in New Orleans. I don't know if you'd agree with me on that. Yes, I, I do agree, actually, because card-wise, last year, there was a lot that people were just not excited for. In fact, I mean, nobody was really into AJ versus Nakamura, no. which is odd because let's like uh, kind of tie this all in together. We're talking about you and Supercard. Of course, if everyone is a longtime fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling who's watching right now, you might know that Nakamura and AJ faced each other in New Japan yeah. Pro Wrestling and had one of the best matches literally ever. It was awesome. So I finally thought that WWE would almost try to replicate that at WrestleMania last year, let them have the time, let them have the story, and let them wrestle the way that they should wrestle. Didn't have restrictions, I thought would be the, uh, the uh, allowance, but no. They had restrictions, they had time restrictions, and the crowd was not into it. So to me, I don't know, um, it just didn't have what it was supposed to have. And the, the crowd hated Brock versus Roman. People were booing, people were like chanting for other things. The crowd just hated it, but actually we rewatched it and it was a good match. So it's, it's a shame that it didn't get the love it deserved. Look, I thought one of the best matches last year, obviously the uh, Angle, Rousey, Steph, Triple H was one of the most entertaining, especially because Ronda Rousey was so good in her debut. But I thought the last year, the uh, Intercontinental title match um, with uh, Finn Balor and uh, Seth Rollins and Miz was one of the best matches of the show last year, and that was the first yeah. match. Uh, a few more comments coming in. Uh, interesting, the Women's Memorial Battle Royal got rebranded the China Memorial Battle Royal. Oh, wow, that's powerful. Wow. I didn't know that. That's that's, that's amazing to me. Any truth is that Cena and Undertaker happens again? I God, I hope not. I hope not, but, and I think it won't because Undertaker has been booked other places. It's almost like he's a free agent right now. He's appearing at StarCast. If you guys are big AEW right. fans or looking forward to Double or Nothing, he's booked on StarCast leading up to Double or Nothing. So to me, it almost says like he might not be doing an actual WrestleMania match, but I could be wrong. Well, I think he could appear maybe. I think Cena, on the other hand, there's a lot of rumors that there's going to be some sort of shenanigans that Baron Corbin doesn't face Kurt Angle and John Cena will. Let's tie this back into G1 Supercard because this is what this podcast is about. Undertaker, older wrestler, 
His body has been through hell. Respect the hell out of him. I love him. He's a legend. Has had some of the best matches of all time. Iconic. One of the best characters of all time. Suzuki, though. Also older. 50 years old. Amazing shape. If you look back at 2014. Unbelievable. He, 2014, Suzuki faced AJ Styles during uh, the G1. Mm-hmm. And he looked a lot bigger. He was out of shape. Yeah. But still amazing. It was. It's one of my favorite matches. It's the match that made me fall in love with Suzuki, to be honest with you. But uh, you fast forward to now, he's even in better shape, but he's older, much older. And he's literally 50 years old. At his uh, anniversary show, I think it was his 30th anniversary for being a wrestler, he faced Okada in the rain outside. It was incredible. He dyed his hair white, was wearing all white. It was incredible. Uh, Really special moment. Just somebody like that. It's crazy how in shape he is compared to how Undertaker's just beaten down. And I think it might have to do with culturally um, maybe – Japanese wrestlers are more, you know, suited for wrestling longer. People argue that the schedule has a lot to do with it. But I think New Japan, they wrestle a lot. And Suzuki wasn't always with New Japan, though. But he has wrestled for a very long time. And 10 minutes. We're, we're about to wrap up the podcast, podcast now. Just talk to you. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Security is coming to beat us, uh, be, beat us out of here. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that well, was unexpected. My main point is that Suzuki is in so much better shape than Undertaker, and it's nuts. But, uh, of course, no no loss of respect to Undertaker, though, of course, because I think he's a legend. He's incredible. But Suzuki's just still going at it, and that's something oh, that I'm extra impressed he by. Was, he went a half hour in that honor rumble tonight, you know, so I think I think he did a great job. I really, I really think he did a great job, and he was super over with the crowd. Let's talk about that. It's a shame he didn't have a singles match or even a tag match with Zack Sabre Jr. Of course, Zack Sabre Jr. had his own singles match, so that couldn't happen. But Suzuki, if he would have been featured more, I know you can't give everyone a, a long match, but he's so over with the American crowd. It's a shame he's not highlighted more. I kind of wish Bad Luck Fale was in the middle of the interview right now because I, I guarantee that security guy wouldn't have come over if Bad Luck Fale was I know, him. like like security guy, <laughs> F him. <laughs> F them. <laughs> That's what bad luck Fale would say. To well, that guy. I guess uh, we, we're pretty much at our end anyway. Um, mm-hmm. they are, Thank you guys for watching. If you've tuned in this whole time or if you're just tuning in late, we really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed uh, G1 Supercard. Uh, of Amazing course, show. Yeah, let's let's put a bow on that. Let's put a bow on that. It was what do you think you would rate it out of five? I think I would rate it a five out of five because of the crowd reaction, the history, the surprises, and just the talent and just the wrestling quality. All of that to me, it's a five out of five. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, look, I, I would say the same thing about NXT TakeOver last night too. I think, that, again, circling back to something we talked about a half hour ago, be open-minded to both promotions, whether you're one side or the other, because we just watched two amazing nights of wrestling Two incredible crowds. It was awesome. So basically what you're saying is it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Like I've been saying all along. It is. It is. And also let's wrap it up by saying if you guys want to hear more of our thoughts, of course we are broadcasting on Wrestling Inc.'s YouTube channel right now. We have a wrestling podcast. It releases every Friday. It's called Two-Face Wrestling Talk. Find us on Fridays. We just released one just yesterday. You can find it on Wrestling Inc.'s networks everywhere on any podcasting platform ever and on YouTube, which you're watching us on right now. Which had, had, by the way, an interview with – Hollywood producer Mark Blutman. A if Boy you're a Meets fan World. Of, fan of Boy Meets World. He had some interesting thoughts. We obviously talked about WrestleMania, so 
The other shows might be a little old, but we had WrestleMania thoughts in there as well. We read tweets about everyone's thoughts about what they were looking forward to this week, etc. We did our annual uh, stock report on wrestlers because we do it every year at about WrestleMania time. You know, who's up, who's down. So uh, make sure you check it out, uh, Two-Faced Wrestling Talk, uh, on the Wrestling Inc. website. Also, you can find us on social media. Uh, our show is at, at Two-FacePod, T-W-O-F-A-C-E-D-P-O-D. And I personally, I do a lot of polls, a lot of stuff. You can find me covering Okada's show's comments. Of course, the broadcast cut him off right after he won the belt. But he said some more things after the show went off the air. So if you want to see what he said, go to my Twitter at SuperKickingIt, S-U-P-E-R-K-I-C-K-I-N-G-I-T. And uh, it's really great. I think you'll enjoy it. And uh, we're wrapping up now. So, and, and one final thought: make sure you check us out on Two Faced at Two Faced Pod tomorrow on Twitter. We will give our spare change segment right after WrestleMania with our thoughts on the big show WrestleMania. Yeah, lots of people weighing in saying they loved uh, NXT. They loved NXT. They loved G1 Supercard. Uh, so everyone's loving everything. And uh, we want to thank you guys so much. People are thanking us, but we want to thank you. <laughs> yeah. You guys stuck with us this whole time. Have a great night. Thanks so much. See you next time when we do it. Go live next good, time. Good night, everybody. We we love being with you. You want to do the that's the finish for, for one last? <laughs> I guess. Okay. Well, that that's it for us. That's the finish. There Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Okay. See you guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.